Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. This is the John Oakley Show podcast. A harrowing tale. It's a cautionary one of people who vape chronically, regularly, and uh, load it up sometimes, the vape pen with THC and uh, all the rest of that. Need to hear this one. A uh, story of a young man out of London, Ontario, who developed something called popcorn lung. This actually uh, was reported in a study just published in the Canadian Medical Association Journal, whose lead author, Dr. Karen Bosma, a medical surgical intensive care unit practitioner with London Health Sciences Centre, is on the line to tell us all about it. Dr. Karen Bosma, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Well, this is a fascinating story. Uh, first of all, the popcorn lung thing, what is that exactly? Sure. So popcorn lung is used to refer to a medical term called bronchiolitis obliterans. And what that essentially means is inflammation and scarring of the small airways in the lungs. And it's called popcorn worker's lung because it was first described in a group of people who worked in a microwave popcorn factory in the United States. And in they, through their work, they were exposed to a toxin called diacetyl. Diacetyl is a compound that gives popcorn its buttery flavor. It's a commonly used flavorant in many different um, ingredients. And by inhaling toxic levels of diacetyl, they developed this lung injury. And so that's how it became known as popcorn worker's lung. All right. And so uh, this young man who came into the hospital in London... Uh who or what recognized that this is what he had potentially? Yes. Yeah, so this young man uh, presented to his community hospital with a bad cough and feeling short of breath. And initially it was thought that he had pneumonia, but he was prescribed antibiotics. He didn't get better. He came back to hospital the next time he was admitted to hospital, and he got so bad that he needed to go on life support. He was then transferred to our center, London Health Sciences Center, to our intensive care unit, and he continued to get even worse despite being on a ventilator to the point that he needed a second form of life support called ECMO, and that is a heart-lung bypass machine. So he was very critically ill. Uh, I work in our intensive care unit, and I looked after him uh, when he was on ECMO and the ventilator, and being a respirologist by training, I was concerned that what we were seeing might be popcorn lung in that it had very similar features and that knowing that the diacetyl that popcorn workers were exposed to can be found in vaping fluids, and that our patient had been vaping uh, flavored e-liquids. I see. And so did you recognize similarities from popcorn lung as you had known it in your own studies uh, with what showed up on the x-rays? Yes, so I personally haven't studied popcorn workers' lung, uh, but I've certainly read about it and learned about it in my training. Um, And knowing about bronchiolitis obliterans occurring from flavorings and having ruled out the most common other causes that can cause um, this airway inflammation that we were seeing, um, such as infection, I wondered if that's what we could be seeing. 
I didn't know if vaping could cause popcorn worker's lung, so I looked at the medical literature, and I didn't see that it had been previously described in the medical literature, but ruling out any other cause made me think that this is what we might be dealing with, and the fact that he wasn't getting better despite treating him for infections and not finding any infections. And so uh, when you say you reference the literature in the U.S. of A., there have been several instances of people having died from vaping recently, mm-hmm. as well as over 2,000 cases, I guess, of people admitted to hospital with similar, I, I won't say exact symptoms, but uh, something along these lines, no? Yes, and so two things important to note. One is that we were looking after this patient before the news broke of the the injuries that they're seeing in the United States. So uh, this patient presented in the spring of 2019. Um, We thought at that time this might be vaping-related disease. There wasn't uh, popcorn workers long reported in the literature, but certainly other case reports of other kinds of injury related to vaping. Uh, we thought we should publish this case. Then, before we published our case, the news broke about many cases of lung injury in the United States, and we wondered if our case could be similar. Um, And it shared some of the similarities, but we also realized it was different from the cases in the United States. So we reported our case to Health Canada. Health Canada started investigating, and the more we learned about what was happening in the United States, the more we were concerned that we were seeing all of these different injuries. Now, our patient differed from the cases in the United States in that, in two ways. One is that the cases in the United States, the damage seems to be at the area of the small air sacs called alveoli. Mm -hmm. And in our patient, it was at the tubes that bring air in and out of the lungs called the bronchioles or the small airways. So the different parts of the lung were affected, and that presents with a different picture on CT scan and a different picture when we take a sample of the tissue, a biopsy, and look at it under the microscope. All right. Uh, Nonetheless, this was so severe in terms of damage that, uh, as I understand it, you even had to contemplate a double lung transplant? That's correct. So in our center in London, we do heart, liver, and kidney transplants, but we do not do lung transplants. So if we have a patient who we think needs a transplant, we send them to our regional referral center, which is in Toronto, at University Health Network. So I spoke to uh, colleagues in Toronto and explained the case to them. They were equally concerned and agreed to accept this patient and transfer to Toronto um, so that he could be in a location that should he need a lung transplant, he could get one. Now, thankfully, he didn't end up needing a lung transplant, uh, but we wanted him to be in a center where he could be evaluated in case he needed one. Yeah, because uh, this is very much a learning experience for a lot of folks, even involved in the field. Uh, as I understand it, he's the index case, uh, the mm-hmm. first revealed case uh, of vaping-related lung injury in Canada. Again, on the line, Dr. Karen Bosma, who was a lead author of this report just published in the Canadian Medical Association Journal dealing with popcorn workers' lung, a young man, 17, who was a a chronic user of vaping THC, and uh, it led to all of this. Now, uh, doctor, maybe you can help us out here because, I mean, on a need-to-know basis, just how severe was his usage so that, you know, for other folks who feel this is relatively benign or better than cigarettes, and if it can lead to this, if this is, you know, the con consequence of such, we need to know uh, a frame of reference. So maybe mm-hmm. share with us, how, how much was he using and how often? Sure. 
um, I think that's a really important point. So um, this youth had only started vaping five months prior to presenting, and he was vaping on a daily basis. Now, he was using THC. Uh, THC has been implicated in the cases in the United States um, in that about 80% of the cases involved use of THC, but I think it's important to realize that the Centers for Disease Control in the United States are also saying that 20% of their patients were not using THC, and they are have a um, chemical that they're concerned about that might be added to THC called vitamin E acetate that may be a cause, but they're also being very careful to say that may not be the only cause. There might be more than one cause of this outbreak. So our patient was using THC, but he was also using these flavorings in um, the Mm e-liquids. And our concern is that it might have been the flavorings rather than the THC that was causing the injury. So I think the sort of lessons that we're learning are that he was not smoking, vaping for years and years. He was, you know, vaping for a relatively short time, five months. And we're not really sure which product uh, brought on this disease. Wow, so nothing definitive on that front. Nonetheless, Mm -hmm. uh, something, it's pretty firm and fixed that it had to do with vaping, though. Uh, we're quite we're quite uh, confident that this was related to vaping, and Health Canada has also concluded in their investigation that this was vaping related, and that we were very careful to rule out other common causes of lung injury like infection. So, Dr. Bosma, how is the patient now? So he was able to be weaned off of the two life support machines. He did not need a lung transplant. He went home after 47 days in hospital. Uh, He's at home, he's recovering, but in his follow-up appointments, he's undergone breathing tests, and they continue to show uh, severe obstruction in his airways, so severe ongoing lung impairment. So he could be damaged irreparably for the rest of his life. That is possible. I think it's too early to say. We certainly hope that won't be the case. Uh, But at this point, four months out from his acute illness, we are seeing ongoing damage, and that is one of our concerns. And so we present this as a cautionary tale as much as uh, just enlightening people as to the risks. Absolutely. Yeah. I really appreciate your coming on and uh, giving us all these valued insights. As I say, just published in the Canadian Medical Association Journal, its lead author, Dr. Karen Bosma out of London. Thanks so much for your time, Doctor. Thanks for having me. You got it. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, there you go. Every other day, sort of do an update on, you know, (laughs) the damage that can be wrought by things that are seemingly benign or better alternatives and options. And, uh, well, you know, they say you can get killed, too, crossing the street. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.